Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. Time to face the breeze, thanks to Cara Torson, handful of the equine essentials. And uh, let's welcome in the team, Anthony Butt, first of all. Good day, Ants. Yeah, good morning, Cara. Have we got Jack Trainer with us this morning? Have we found Jack? No, we, we haven't got Jack Trainer just yet. I don't know where Jack's disappeared to. Um, usually we have Jack Trainer on. I'll see if we can find him. Um, but, Ants, what would you make of Saturday night? First of all, Leap to Fame was sensational. Yeah, fantastic, Gareth. You know, great horse and uh, great training performance. And I was just really, um, you know, impressed. And uh, by the drives of a couple of the drivers, you know, Grant Dixon and um, Greg Schillick, you know, it was really intriguing, that sort of first 600 metres. And you could see the chess game, you know, uh, and uh, reveling there, and um, no, those two boys—they—they they were just magic, and uh, you know, there's a lot of thought and a lot of uh, a lot of manoeuvres went into it, and uh, they pulled it off. You know, great. Yeah, let's talk about the start of this race of the Inter Dominion. First of all, talk us through Cameron Hart and his thinking, because I felt, and I might be a little bit critical here. I love Cam Hart, and I and I think he's the country's best driver. But did he make a mistake there on Saturday night to get himself into that spot, or was that just unavoidable? No, I think looking back, he would uh, like to have his time again, and yep. he probably would have, you know, stayed one off the fence and um, let the, you know, future short slide across him. And as long as he could have done that and you know kept inside, let the fame, you know, probably would have he would have found the front first instead of the other one. But in saying that, he probably at the time. He probably thought he was a pretty good chance of holding future assured, you know, and it wasn't until sort of a few metres later that um, he got across. So it's a, a split-second decision, and, you know, you, you don't even really have time to think about it. You're doing it on instinct. and um, But on this occasion, you know, just didn't come off and, and put him in a, a spot where, you know, Leak to Fame could find the front before him. And uh, it was probably, you know, I don't know if Leak to, he would have beaten Leak to Fame anyway the way he went, but... Yep. Um, it certainly made it harder for him. Jack Trainer joins us now. Good day, Jack. Yeah, good morning, guys. What did you make of the start there? How would you analyse it? You draw, you drew Barry number one, um, and you handed up, or you couldn't hold out. Of course, um, turn it up. But were you surprised what happened at the start? Yeah, it sort of caught caught a few of us off guard. Um, obviously, turn it up crossed me pretty quickly, and my fellow actually didn't really feel like getting out the gate that good himself anyway. But I think. In Cam's defence, what sort of happened was it, it felt and it looked like he was holding uh, Future Assured 
quite comfortably there for a while and, and Future Shore probably actually rallied the best into the corner and that's when it sort of um, managed to get in front of him and obviously Grant was right outside him straight away and obviously then locked him away on the fence. So it, it can happen and yeah, it, did, it, it wasn't until probably into the bend where it did happen where they sort of drift down the track. So it's hard to sort of point at that cam and say he made a mistake. I think it's just the way that the race happened early. Yeah, I see he was a victim of circumstances, but come on, Jack. We love Cam Hart. We give him all. We praise we, we praise Cam Hart. I've praised Cam Hart. He, and if I had a horse, he'd be the first one I'd book to drive it these days, um, and especially in a big race. But if he had his time again, he would definitely stay off the fence. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, he only had no, one job, no, basically, no. really, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, no, hindsight's a great thing. I'm sure if you ask Cam, he'd say the same thing himself, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, it's very easy sitting here and saying yes, that now, but I know. there's a lot of different things that went into that. At, and, yeah, and at the end of the day, it, it, like if we had that race run a hundred thousand times, we'd, ne- we'd no one would have ever expected that to happen, Ants. Well, I actually predicted it last week, Gareth. You so, did. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you got to read the play. So uh, no, as you said, you know, no one knows what's going to happen in the league, the gate, and even the drivers. You know, it's as Jack said. You know, it's, uh, sometimes the horses feel better. Than other times, you know, and um, you know they'll get out better, you know, some nights than others. So a lot plays into it, and um, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. They won't rerun it, and uh, no. we got a worthy winner. And hats off to Grant Dixon because he had to be right on the ball to assess that situation as well. Because once um, that gal uh, pacer, I should say, crossed to the inside, future assured, he had to make sure that he kept Cameron Hart in a pocket. And he had to be really switched on to make sure that he was up there and in the firing line with, with leap to fame. So that was the winning move in the end. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I think um, also, Gareth, around the first band, you'll notice him, he, he didn't go straight to the lead. Like the lead was there whenever he wanted it, but he, he hung back and waited till Spirit of St. Louis got up on his back and um, never really made a move till better eclipse come. So he was trying to ensure that... Uh, you know, Swayze was locked away on the fence and, you know, it was a great tactical move and, uh, you know, he got off anyway later but Grant did his best to put in, you know, three fence if he could and uh, but then we, he probably didn't count on the wizardry of Greg Sugars to come around when he did and then let him off the fence and get the perfect 1-1. So there was a lot going on and it was just great to see, you know, drivers like that, you know, doing what they did. Yeah, and we saw it in Perth in the Gallops when we had D Lane take on C Williams and it was a great tactical battle and, it was great to see the drivers. Sometimes it's the best drive that wins these big races. But leap to fame, Jack. You've seen him close up on a few occasions now. And, geez, he's been mighty in defeat in some of the bigger dances. And um, he's done all of the work and just failed and just missed out in, in those um, races like the Eureka and the Victoria Cup and the Blacks are fake. But how good is this horse? You've seen him close up on a few occasions now. Yeah, he's a he's a dead set champion, isn't he, Gareth? And and it, as much as you know, I would have liked to have been on the winning end or seen my friends on the winning end. You can't help but you know be happy for Grant and the connections he's got. That race that he deserved, and obviously we're all racing fans uh, deep down. That's why we do it. And whenever you can be a part of races like that or witness horses like that, you can't help but appreciate them. So yeah, there's you know you, nothing but credit to the horse and the team for sure. Yeah, and what do you make of Leap to Fame in your time? watching this sport and competing in this sport, Ants? Oh, he's right up there, Gareth. You know, he's still got to do a bit yet to 
and they get to the Black Fake and that kind of level, but he's on his way and he's just such a magnificent horse. You know, he's he's a beautiful racehorse. He, you know, he's so relaxed. He can sort of park him up anywhere he wants and just those sectionals he run the other night. You know, that first quarter of the last mile in 27 a bit, you know, that's unheard of. And mm. he was he was jogging and, um, you know, so when Grant let him go around the bend, he, he put a gap on them and still have the earplugs in over the line. So, you know, and he's in a great camp, you know, with Grant and uh, Krista. There. You know, Grant's been a magnificent trainer for a long time and, um, you know, he's done a great job with this horse. He's looked after him and, I think they're going to get the benefits of it for the next couple of years. So uh, if, he, if he holds together, you know, he can win uh, anything. And Jack, what about, hats off to Jason Grimson and the team with Swayze. Um, we'll get to better Eclipse in a, in a moment, but I thought Swayze was so brave in defeat after doing that work in the breeze, that 27-8 first quarter, 28-7. Look at the sectional, 27-2 and 27-5. Um, but like, they didn't need to come to the Inter-Dominion. Now he's going to miss out on the Hunter Cup and the Miracle Mile with some big prize money there on offer. But if he didn't turn up to the Inter-Dominion, it would have been in a little bit of trouble for mine, Jack. But um, hats off to Jason. I think racing Queensland and Albion Park owe a lot to Jason Grimson for um, turning up with Swayze. Yeah, that's that's right, Gareth. Like he's, um, you know, speaking of Jace after the race, he was nothing but proud of the horse. Um, he, you know, as he said, everything in that campaign at Inter Dominions was a bonus. He won the New Zealand Cup, which was a big feed in himself. And you know, if there's one thing about Jace, he never shies away from a challenge as yeah. long as he always puts the horses first. But um, you know, he creates as much as people put stick on him or want to, you know, throw his name through the mud. He creates big interest and creates great racing for harness racing with these good horses. So. He's um you know he's happy as and proud of his horse and now he's going to go off for a long deserved break and it'll be great to see him in the later part of next year. Yeah, totally agree. What did you make of Nerano? Uh, he, he was just all right. Uh, Gareth obviously got shuffled a bit further back than we'd like and um, probably just at what pretty much how you summed it up the week before just that that difference and just racing so quick for that last mile might have just found him out. He he still hit the line without sort of being out of this world. So I'd say he'll have a little short let up now as well, but it's just great to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, well done. And, um, Ants just with Swayze, thank God Jason turned up because the race, like with all due respect to the rest, it would have been a boring series. Yeah, you're exactly right, Gareth. Um, he made the series and it was so good leading into it. None of us knew who was going to win and, uh, yeah. um, that kind of thing. And his performance was massive. You know, he looked sort of gone down, halfway down the back straight and, hang in there and still run third, you know, beaten by a champion and then another horse that's a really good horse that had a beautiful run. So you know, his performance is massive and as you said, he just added so much to the series. And I think that with the situation there with Leap to Fame and Grant Dixon and Kevin and KC more is that they would have loved that. They loved, they would have loved Swayze being in that race because when you win a big group one like that in the Inter-Dominion, it's extra satisfying when they can do what they did under those some, those circumstances with Leap to Fame, in a way. Ants. Yeah, that's right, Gareth. You know, as I said, they're, um, they're all great horses. And, uh, you know, Kevin Casey, well, they, they deserve it. Um, you know, they've put so much money into the game over the years and, you know, had good success. But I'm sure they're proud of having a horse that they've bred and, uh, you know, nurtured through. And, um, you know, at their stage of life, you know, they're getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. So 
you know, they really deserve it. And Kevin nearly passed away about four weeks ago. He nearly had, well, he had a serious heart attack and he was rushed into emergency, 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 uh, I'll get that out, emergency surgery. And, um, he was able to get through that. He's, he's a tough old warrior, Kevy, Kevy Seymour. And he was able to win his second Inter-Minion, Anchi. You drove his first Inter-Minion winner and Mr. Feelgood, but he mentioned Adam Hamilton that this was clearly his most satisfying moment in the sport. Ta- taking nothing away from your success with Mr. Feelgood, but I guess this is a little bit different for him and Kay with Leap to Fame. Yeah, and it's always hard to breed a horse. Oh, not that he bred him, but he bought him in the sale. Yeah. But they've had him from day one. And whereas Mr. Feelgood, he'd already had a magnificent career in North America and um, he paid the big money for him because they sponsored the uh, Inter Dominions that year. Yeah. So, no, they'll get a lot of satisfaction out of this and, you know, it's well-deserved. All right, then it's right on 10.30. Let's take the news. We'll come back with plenty more. Plenty more. This is uh, Getty Ups facing the breeze thanks to... Gara Torsen Hound for all of your equine essentials. Welcome back to Giddy Up here, and this is Facing the Breeze thanks to Gara Torsen Hound. There's a couple of really interesting revelations I've just been um, told about here, which I'll get to in just a moment regarding the Premier Stable in Victoria. But um, let's talk about the Inter Dominion Trotters final. We had Jess Tubbs on today, Ants, and just believes just gone to a different level, hasn't he? He's he, he knows he's the king and um, he's clearly our best trotter and he was dominant in that victory there on, on Saturday night. Yeah, I heard bits and pieces of that this morning, Gareth. And um, yeah, Greg and Jess have done a great job with him, you know, along with Mickey Easy, We had him and sort of made him, you know, before that. So, but as you said, that trip away certainly hadn't done him any harm. He's just uh, head and shoulders above him at the moment. You know, Greg Graven, great. He just summed up the race, you know, straight away. He knew that he'd probably have to work really hard to get the front off John Justice, so he's elected just to sit outside him and control the race, and yeah, he just won with a leg in the air. Yeah, and, and Jack, it reminds me a little bit like you, when you come back from New Zealand, you trip away, and then you come back, think you're King Kong, and that's what um, that's what this trotter's been able to do here, just believe, like, he's just, he's just in a different class, and I know that Jess, like, there's a lot of different challenges traveling to Europe and, and getting him to compete in an elite lot, but financially it's probably not viable. You lose money um, most likely anyway, if you go over there, but um, from a selfish point of view and a racing fan point of view, geez, I love for him to go back over there and represent our country. Yeah, you would Gareth. And like you said, a trip away never hurt anyone, horse or human. Yeah. So um, we always come back thinking we're a bit better than what we are and, definitely been the case for, for this trotter and yeah it was quite um it was quite it was a great race to watch on Saturday just like Anthony Greg just drove him so cool and calm never panics in the chair believes in his horse and uh yeah just jogs just absolutely jogs that but he's definitely probably the only horse in Australia at the moment that would be you'd think would be good enough and to see him go back another year if they would you know if he was sound and they would do it it'd be great because you know, over the last 12 months, our horse has done so much for mm-hmm. trotting in Australia and even just racing in Australia. And, you know, you'd even think that some of the Swedish or European friends and fans that the horse and Greg and Jess had made over the way, that would have got their eyes on our biggest race day as being the Inter-Dominion. So he's been a great horse for us this year. Now, um, Ants, what did you make of the Inter-Dominion when we wrap up another series? And there were strong opinions from Ryan Phelan on the harness.org.au website saying that, something needs to be done to make sure that the Inter-Dominion is our number one 
our number one race in the sport, but we keep on saying this each and every year and nothing gets done. And the problem is, is that because it's a bit like what happens with New South Wales and Victoria and the Gallops, administrators are employed to look after their state. And by looking after their state, that means they have to compromise the inter-dominion and no one's willing, no one's really willing to hand over the keys completely for the inter-dominion. So basically if Racing Queensland want to put this race up to a million dollars, then they need, they need permission from Victoria and New South Wales and the other stakeholders in the inter-dominion rotation um, for the race. So there's only, I think, three states New Zealand's pulled out. So unless we can all come together in a way and put the, the race first, then it's never going to improve. But hopefully we can put self-interest aside and make sure that we look after this race like it should be looked after. And if Racing Queensland want to make it a million dollars, let them make the make that race a million dollars, Ants. Yeah, the whole thing needs an overhaul, Gareth. And, you know, Ryan was exactly right. We've been talking about this for several years now. And, um, you know, it's become a bit of a burden to some of the uh, states in New Zealand. That's why they pulled out. And, you know, the smaller states obviously can't afford to run it. But, you know, we've got to find a way where the industry can fund the whole series. You know, we need a pool of, you know, two or three million dollars so we can get the prize money up and, you know, have a bit left over for promotion and that kind of thing. So I'm sure there's ways we can do it, and, um, but we've just got to get everyone in a room and bang their heads together and uh, get it sorted because, A, the timing's wrong. It's just, you know, at the wrong time of year where it is. We're trying to get all the good horses there. And as I said, there were none from New Zealand. There were none from Perth and... Uh, that kind of thing. So we can make it so much bigger and better and um, surely common sense will prevail sooner or later. And I don't know if it will be in our lifetime, but uh, no. sh- surely they've uh, they got to wake up because everybody's talking about it. Yeah, because you see, if you go to the pub tests, when you when you head into a pub, they say, what's the biggest race in harness racing? And it's the Inter-Dominion. Now, Australasia needs to come together for this, New Zealand and Australia. And Andrew Kelly did a wonderful job with the Eureka. Now, he made some tough decisions that didn't please everybody in the game, but he made some tough decisions for the betterment of the sport because you needed a slot race, and New South Wales have this race now for the next three years. Well, do it for the Inter-Dominion, Andrew, um, and try and get everybody to come together for the betterment of the game. And you can't have it in December if it's in Queensland. Have it in the middle part of the year. Call it the Blacks of Fake Inter-Dominion after our greatest Inter-Dominion winner in Blacks of Fake and make it a million dollars. And if Racing Queensland, well, the money that they have for the Blacks of Fake, put that on top of the Inter-Dominion ants. It's that simple. And you'll have the best from Australasia turn up because it's at the perfect time of the year. Yeah, there's, I've been thinking about a lot, Gordon. I, I think there's two options. A is what you said, like get Queensland to run it every year in the winter and... Um, you know, get rid of the blacks of fake and the sunshine sprint and, you know, the rising sun, that sort of thing, and put that money into the inner dominions and give it a permanent home. Or the other option is to um, go back to where it was and maybe take a, you know, a 1% cut off every every race run in Australasia and um, that way, you know, and get back and go around all the states. But, you know, I think if you're taking 1% off every race around Australia and New Zealand, then I think it's only fair it, it travels around to all the states. So the other two options are both pretty simple and um, surely, uh, you know, one of them will come off. It's not rocket science, is it, Jack? Please, some administrators, put your hand up and drive this to make it better for the sport and the industry participants and the racing fans before it dies. 
Jack. Yeah, totally agree, Gareth. I think you summed it up pretty good. And you know, for it to be our biggest race and for it to be a million dollars, it, it's got to you've got to be able to attract the New Zealand horses, and it's got to work for both countries. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, back in the day, you know, ten years ago or even fifteen years ago, when I was a kid, you, you'd look forward to the Kiwis taking on the Aussies and the you know the all champs from all parts of the, both countries racing each other. And it, it does come down to a time frame. If you could have it in the middle of the year. And, it's not um, detrimental to the New Zealand Cup as well, then, uh, of course, it would attract a better field. And, you know, I, I actually think after being, you know, slightly involved in the one in Queensland, that Queensland is the place to have it. it it's a, you know, it's a great, you know, it's great, great atmosphere there. They're going to have the new track in years to come, which would be a perfect track to race on. And, you know, I think that they should hold it at all times, but yeah. it, it's got to get to a million dollars. hundred percent. No doubt about it. And if the other states can't afford it, that's okay. But hand over the keys to Queensland and let the Inter-Dominion have a new home and let it be in, in, in Queensland. And that's okay. Because if you have a successful Inter-Dominion and Queensland are willing to put up that prize money and maybe sacrifice their own grand circuit race like the Blacks are fake, then it's still going to be better, better beneficial for the rest of the sport. It's going to help the Victorian industry because Victorian owners are still going to try and go to the sales to buy a horse, compete in a Hunter Cup, but also dream of winning an Inter-Dominion. So hopefully that is the case and they can all work it out. I've got to chase this story. So you stay with us, Jack and and, and Ant, um, and um, I'll come back with an interesting story that I'm just trying to work out um, and get some more details on. So I'll come back with that breaking story in just a moment. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you. It's 10.46. I'm Jack Trainer Anthony Butt with you for Facing the Breeze, a longer edition of Facing the Breeze because of the Inter-Dominion, of course, and it's all thanks to Gareth Hall and Houndfall of the Equine Essentials. Well done to Wetters. Dean Lane, D-Lane and M. Zara, the two superstar jockeys now that hail from the West, so they can win a Pataki Ham. Another question for a Pataki Ham. Who's the trainer? Of the superstar pace, a leap to fame. First person with the correct answer can win a Bataki ham. 0499736736. Hey, Ansel, just having a look at um, the trots.com.au website and the trainer's directory, and I typed in Clayton Tonkin, and I click on Clayton Tonkin's name, and now he trains Act Now, Bayer Biscay, Beyond Delight, and Cypher, Hurricane Harley, Kingman, Ladies in Red, Mac Dan, Major Delight. So he's the new trainer for all of those horses, Petrarca. Uh, Emma Stewart no longer trains those horses. She's got to stay proceedings, of course, um, and she'll be appealing the six-month disqualification that was handed down to her recently. But I didn't know you were allowed to do this, Ants. You there, Ants? We did have Ants. Jack, are you there, mate? Yeah, I'm here. I think yeah. he's gone running from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he gone? Um, do you know that you can do that? I didn't know. I didn't think you were allowed to do that. They, must, they tell me, I'm just getting a text message through, there's a loophole in the rules. So hats off hats off to them for finding that loophole. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that they would be allowed to do that under the circumstances. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't really speak on the Victorian rules, um, Gareth. I know that probably the way it is and it's, wrong and it's out too that every state seems to have their own different rules but I'll say one thing I'll, you definitely can't do it in New South Wales and you know I think that um, Clayton and Emma are very lucky that it hasn't ha- happened in New South Wales so I think if um, 
people running our body here in harness racing. So they don't even let you visit your grandmother if um, she was somewhat involved. So definitely yeah. not allowed over here. But um, I, I can't speak, couldn't confirm with the Victorian rules. It could be very different. It's completely different ball game, really, isn't it? Compared to like the New South Wales and and HRV rules. And so um, you're the boss of the Harness Racing Trainers Association. Were you under? Did you know these rules were in place? That there was a loophole here. Uh, yeah, I just missed what you said before, Gareth. But yeah, we're we're well aware of the rules that um, you know that you can't transfer horses to you know people close to you. So uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what's happened here. If um, they've just um, you know got one over the stewards and and done it before they've been stopped doing it. So um, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what plays out. So I'm just reading stable returns under the harness racing. Australia rules, 25-1A, when a horse enters the stable of a trainer, a stable return containing the true and correct particulars must be lodged with the controlling body or stewards by the connections of a horse within the time and in the matter and from determined by the controlling body or stewards and the connections shall ensure that all particulars on the stable return are true and correct. Unless otherwise determined by the controlling body or stewards, a stable return shall be made within 24 hours and in such form as the controlling body may determine in the event of a change to any of the particulars entered on the stable return fresh stable return containing the current particulars shall immediately be lodged by the controlling body or stewards um, the controlling body or stewards may reject the stable return or impose on the return such conditions as it or they consider appropriate a person who fails to comply with any provision of the rule is guilty of an offence um which is a few other rules there. So it is complicated, but I didn't know that was allowed, basically. Anyway, No, there's, there's another rule, yeah, 121, Gareth, that the horse trained um, by anyone uh, suspended or disqualified, um, you know, can't uh, transfer them to immediate family and uh, employees, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if this has gone through without you know, the stewards knowing and they've, they've sort of pulled the wall over the stewards' eyes or the stewards have approved it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, but she, she hasn't, she's not guilty just yet. Or she has been found guilty and she will appeal that decision or that, that, that disqualification handed down. Uh, but she's on a stay of proceedings at the moment. But they've transferred those horses to Clayton Tonklin. So we'll just watch this space. And some other news that broke there yesterday, and there was an investigation from the Racing Integrity Commission, and this is interesting. It reads, an investigation into allegations of conflicted interest at Harness Racing Victoria. And the background says, in November 2023, Harness Racing Victoria referred a matter to the Racing Integrity Commissioner concerning serious allegations about its CEO, Mr. Matthew Isaacs, and the operation of its integrity department specifically that Mr. Isaacs awarded a professional services contract to a company whose sole director was a close personal friend and part owner of the Lost Storm and properly lobbied for the nomination of the Lost Storm in the Eureka slot race and interfered in a steward's inquiry about Major Moss' participation in the Geelong Pacing Cup on the 21st of October and interfered in the pre-race swabbing and post-race post testing race of Mac who won the Geelong Pacing Cup on the 21st of October. Now, these are serious allegations, and basically Mr. Isaacs was cleared of any wrongdoing by the racing... Well, he was cleared of any wrongdoing by the Racing Integrity Commissioner. So um, that should stop all of the rumours, you would imagine now, Ants. Yeah, and a lot of these rumours were false, Gareth. Yep. And I know this for a fact, you know, and 
and Matt's been, you know, chucked under the bus to a certain extent. So, um, as I said, you know, our association a little bit of involvement with us, and uh, you know, I know for a fact that yeah. you know a lot of these rumours were were not true, and um, yeah. you know, as I said people are putting two together, two and two together, and coming up with five. You know, so um, uh, you know, Matt self-reported himself, you know, which he should, and uh, and they've had an inquiry and they've cleared him. So um, hopefully, you know, everyone. Um, Moves on from there. Yeah. Um, just quickly, answer. Um, Johnny Caldo got about 55 seconds or 40 seconds. He celebrated 4,000 wins. What a legend he is. Yeah, one of the great guys of the game, Gareth. Been a great mate of mine for a long time. We first met up in the junior drivers in Hobart uh, many years ago, and he's been a great mate. So truly well-deserved. He's he's done the hard yards and driven some great horses and won some big races. So you know, no one deserves it more than Johnny. No, he was my idol growing up. He was from Owen. I was from Mildura. When he came down to drive in our cup carnival, it was like LeBron James turning up, Jack. Um, so, yeah, we love Jay Caldo. Good on you, Jack. Keep on dominating. And well done to you, Ants. Thanks for that. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Thanks Jack. boys. Back to Giddy Up. Time to wrap up facing the breeze. Gareth, what about Gary Hill Jr.'s drive on Friday night in the Group 1 um, Golden Nugget? Well, it's an interesting one. Personally, I thought Junior should have handed up. Like, he had that Ronnie Horse coming pretty quickly for Cameron Hart. But I just had a chat to Junior. He said, well, it went terrible the week before. Why would I hand up to it on Friday night? I think Junior was a little bit peed off as well that he didn't get the breeze when he went in the four-year-old classic. So, well, they were both beaten pretty badly in the end. Well done to Matty Brown, who won another Group 1 leading all of the way there on Friday night for Justin Prentice. Um... What's the horse called? Tricky Mickey, thanks for that. Toby McKinnon. So, is he? Justin Prentice on Trot's Life. There you go. Um, Trot's Life coming up at 11 o'clock. Thanks for your time.